0: Welcome to a new episode of Misaligned. Before we jump into things, we just want to remind you that Misaligned is part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts. You can find all of the shows over at the website, which is modern-vinyl.com. And personally, one of the ones I've really been enjoying, it's on a season break right now, but Pilot Study with Chris and Grimes, as I think we've mentioned before on the podcast, not Grimes the Singer, but it's a really cool podcast about the pilot episodes of TV shows. They've covered a lot of things, especially Megan's favorite, The O.C. This is true. (laughs) It is a very good podcast. Yes. So if you're looking for something new to check out, I suggest that. Before we dive into our big discussion today, which will be about the best albums of 2016 so far for us. We have a little bit of news. Personally, I watched the Apple keynote this morning, and I was really looking forward to that design overhaul on Apple Music until I saw it. They have a very, very large font right now that when you click on your library just font takes up half of the screen. And it says library in big black bold letters up at the top, even though it's already highlighted for you in the bottom navigation bar. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out during the public beta, which will be open in July for anyone who is interested. I believe you can just go sign up at beta.apple.com. I know I'll be doing that. I don't suggest putting it on your main device necessarily. I know I'll be putting it on my iPad instead of my phone just so I can get a feel for things. And if it doesn't end up messing anything up on my iPad, then I will likely, you know, try out the beta on my phone. But before things get a little too nerdy, I just hope that the design aspects really kind of work themselves out and that the functionality is better for any users who were having... Some problems with the current iteration of Apple Music, but Megan, you saw Beyonce, so I why did. don't we talk about that? I did. Or well, you can talk about that because I was not there.
1: <laughs> yes. So actually, well, to go off of your Apple Music thing, I don't use it. So if it happens to just look awful, I will just be like, whatever. That's one more <laughs> app I have to use. But anyway, yes. Beyonce. I saw her in Hershey last night. Of all places, she went to the middle of Pennsylvania to perform in the sweetest place on earth. And it was an incredible show. The production value was amazing. Um, She sounds amazing live. But uh, yes, I could probably talk for longer than an hour about the show. Um, The Formation World Tour was amazing. DJ Khaled opened for her. It was a fun time. And I cried a few times. Honestly, which isn't to be unexpected. Um, Anyway, she performed most of the songs off of Lemonade. I believe she didn't perform Sandcastles and Six Inch, but she did do Daddy Lessons, and that was really good live. And threw in a couple favorites um, some Destiny's Child remixes, Me, Myself, and I, Halo. Her Prince tribute was just playing his song Purple Rain to the purple screen on her stage which the screen moved around, which was really cool. Um, just if you get a chance to see her live, do it. it. You won't regret it, honestly. And I am going to note that that was the first show that I have had an experience with an extended security check at, which is actually gonna segue us right into our next topic. So this, this is good. Um, the security, I've never been to a show at Hershey Park Stadium before so i didn't know what to expect they had metal detectors there they had security checking your bags and they had people with metal detector wands i felt incredibly safe going into that venue and i am glad that they had the extended security procedures um this was actually the first time i've had like i've had my bags checked at shows, but I've never actually had the metal detector wand go through or even a metal detector. Some spots actually had the walk through those. Um, I think in today's day and age, especially after what happened Friday night in Orlando, it's a positive step forward. If it means we have to start fearing the security checks or something like that, or maybe not fearing it, then so be it. But as long as you're safe, that's, that's, I think, the best point to get across. Um, and to go off of that, yes, Friday night in Orlando, Christina Grimmie, um, an alum of NBC's The Voice and YouTube singing sensation, was tragically shot and killed at one of the, I don't remember the name of the venue in Orlando, but she was signing autographs for her fans and a guy came up to her and shot her and her brother tackled this guy who was a 27 year old who somehow got out of her brother's grip and killed himself so far there's no motive there's no understanding of what's going on and i feel like that's also been a little overshadowed by what happened saturday night in orlando um but my thing is how did this guy get into a venue with a lot of young fans? Like, her fan, she was 22, and her fan base was definitely in their teens.
0: Right, and you mentioned that it was while she was signing autographs and everything. Do you know if it was before or after the show? After the show. It was after the show. She had performed. Um, The band she was on tour with also
1: performed, and they were all just doing the post-show autograph signing, like a standard for a lot of artists to do, to do the meet and greets with fans, to... Talk with them and get their feelings about the show. Right. And the fact that this guy was able to bring in two guns and a hunting knife is
0: terrifying. And you have to wonder if he was there from the start of the show and just waiting for the autograph session to do this. I didn't read too many details on this, but I know you mentioned that there's still n- no real idea of why this happened. Exactly. And it's amazing that, you know, she was the only fatality, not that that is any better, but considering how many people were around and the fact that he had two guns with him. And a knife. And a knife. Things could have definitely escalated more than they did, which I think is, like you mentioned, why the shooting Saturday night has really overshadowed this, because that was... In mass, it was 50 people yeah. killed um, and another 50-plus in critical condition and injured. So it's on a whole different scale. And the fact that both of these happened the same weekend... Is awful. Yes. With the Grim- like, with Christina Grimmie, the guy
1: apparently, from what I understood... I took a bit of a hiatus from social media and the news this weekend because... It was a busy weekend for me, just in my social life. But from what I read, apparently he drove to this concert specifically to do this act. Uh, That's all I've seen. So that's more like a deranged white male thinks he's privileged to a girl or something. I hope it's not the case, but that's also equally as terrifying. It just is a woman who likes to go to shows and knows... That there are crazy people out there. And actually, this brings us to our other topic, which is the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. I am still a little concerned that the guy somehow was able to bring in an AR-15. Right. That, to hear about that at a public place during a time of celebration, I believe it is it is Pride Month, which is wonderful. And this nightclub was celebrating that as well as celebrating Latino night. Right. Um... And to do that, that's, you have to have just a mass amount of hatred in your system. And even if there was radicalization, which
0: we're not even, it's too political to really get into. So, yeah, I mean, you can go back and forth, probably all day about whether this was terrorism or a hate crime, which to it me, both. it's more, it's yeah, both. a combination of the two. But we do know that. There are ways to help out. There are still people trying to recover from this. So anyone who can donate blood should definitely go out and do that. I know there were a lot of people who were even fasting and still yeah. going out to donate blood because it. I do believe it is Ramadan.
1: So many yes. members in the Muslim community have been fasting and are still. I think they're going out and donating. Um, I did read that the Orlando Blood Bank has gotten more supply than. It was an overwhelming amount of supply. So if you want to donate, you might want to wait a while until there's really a huge need in the Orlando area. However, I do believe that June is also blood donation month. I believe I heard that on the radio today. And if you can go out and donate blood wherever you live, please do so. The summer is actually a time when blood supplies dwindle in hospitals and blood banks across the country. So you could still go out and do some greater good for your community. Personally, I would go out and donate some blood if I weighed enough. Unfortunately, (laughs) I am a small person who weighs within the 100 to 105 range and am unable to donate blood because you need to be at least 110 pounds. Right. Also, I'm terribly afraid of needles and blood kind of grosses me out. So maybe it's a good thing I can't donate blood. That's just a bad combination all around for you, isn't it? Yes. But if I could, I would be, especially now. Um, You can also, if you're in the Orlando area, you can also help donate snacks and treats or food or something to the LGBT center that is down there swarming with volunteers, people helping the community. I know it's just more of a spirit of goodwill. And... You can also donate money to various organizations across the country. Most importantly, I think the big thing to take from this is advocacy. Start speaking up. Start um, becoming an ally for the LGBT community. Become a supporter of stricter reform for things in the country. Talk to your lawmakers. Talk to your Congress members. Just do what you can to help spread the word of why this isn't okay, why we shouldn't accept violence like this in our country for
0: any reason. Right. Well, real quick before we move on to our discussion, I know I said we had news and then we would get to that, but I kind of lied. I want to throw out a reminder to all of you that we have started the Misaligned Book Club. Oh, yes. This month. forget about that? (laughs) This month, we are reading Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs by Chuck Klosterman. We're going to try to keep it centered around music and pop culture books, and Chuck Klosterman is definitely a pop culture and music-centric writer, so we thought this would be a great book to start off with. I've read a little bit of it. I think, Megan, you mentioned you've read it before, but need a little refresher.
1: I have read it before, and I'm currently halfway through it on my refreshing read-through.
0: Nice. So the next episode I should say the next regular episode so two weeks from now is when we will be discussing the book and that will take up a good chunk of the podcast we'll still have some other topics for you guys so we don't you know end up with a shorter episode than usual and then we will also be picking our next book for July
1: which should be a good one
0: as always I mean so far the first book is really good you know Yes. (laughs) I mean, it could either all go downhill from here or just go uphill. You never know. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, now to the best albums of 2016 so far. My list happens to be twice as long as Megan's right now because she whittled hers down to five and I was unable to do so. (laughs) Sorry. But (laughs) it's okay. I will start with the one that we did have in common, which is Pup, The Dream Is Over. Yes, I know we both really enjoyed this album Even Caitlin enjoyed this album, I'm sure Even though she's not on the podcast anymore I'm willing to go ahead and take that bet And say that for her This is a (laughs) Caitlin-approved album Yes, and I just thought It was a really great effort from the band The songs were really catchy And you can tell they really put A great amount of emphasis On their lyrics I mean, with Pop music, you could argue That people are just trying to you know, write something that's catchy, get it on the radio, get people to buy millions of copies of it and that sort of thing. But I feel like with some of the smaller bands and mid-sized bands that we listen to, they take a lot of time to make sure they get things right. And, you know, while the mainstream stuff does have great messages in the songs, it's harder to find music that is Extremely personal when you hit, you know, that top forty and everything. But Megan, do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you think?
1: I thought that overall it was a great album to jam to. I know that um, some of the songs have been getting play on Sirius XM's The Verge. Right. I think actually that might be the Canadian one of the Canadian rock stations <laughs> that we somehow pick up here in the states. But as Pup is a Canadian band, I believe yes.
0: Sound Makes about sense. Right?
1: Yeah. It would make sense that they're on a Canadian station. Um, the dream is over. Wasn't that technically in reference to, what was it, the singer having some vocal issues? Being told. I think so, yeah. He probably shouldn't keep doing what he's doing, if I'm remembering this correctly. I believe you are. <laughs> okay. Well, then that adds to that personal bit in that album. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's just fun. It, it definitely, from a few weeks ago when all the major albums came out, like Thrice and The Hotelier and Pup, I think Pup was definitely up there. Right.
0: Yeah. And I'll go ahead and toss in a second one. This way we can kind of even this out <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> into it Over It's standards, Evan is just a wonderful songwriter, and I'm not sure I have too much more to say about it, you know, the... Tour variant of the record was awesome, and he personally wrote my name on the back of it saying that the album belonged to me. (laughs) So, you know, all around, Into It, Over It has been a project I've really been enjoying since I was introduced to it, and that has also made me, you know, go and listen to other projects that Evan does, like Pet Symmetry and that sort of thing. Megan, I know you forgot this came out. I did. I will forgive you.
1: I've I've been trying to keep up with what's coming out this year, and I somehow forgot that came out and got to write (laughs) it down. So I will go sit in the corner like the bad person that I am. (laughs) Time
0: out for Megan. Yep. (laughs) Awesome. Well, tell me about one of the records you've really been enjoying.
1: Well, I think to continue on with my discussion of Beyonce today, I'm going to talk about how much I love Lemonade. Not just the drink, which is quite delicious and refreshing on a hot day, <laughs> but the album itself. And the fact that I could hear songs from the album yesterday just made it even more incredible. Like, it's it's definitely a personal tale. It's not just right. Beyonce telling the tale. It's women everywhere. Women who have been underprivileged and are finally getting the chance to speak up about what's been going on. And of course, you know, it's always, it's got that sort of thing that you could just sip your lemonade to and be like, oh, is this what's going on in her personal life? And kind of speculate, but realize that it's got a deeply powerful message embedded within it. Um, actually, one of the themes of her concert yesterday was talking about female empowerment right? and how it's okay to be a strong woman, that if you've survived tough things in your life, you're stronger because of that and lyrically you can look at Lemonade and see that the progression from kind of like if you've watched the visual album the stages of grief going from the depression and the denial and the anger to eventually accepting everything that's happened in your life and I think that's that's made it a really good album because of that you don't really see albums both on a pop level and on a rock level that really just address the stages of grief and how people deal with it. Also, because she branches out to different genres a little on the album and collaborates with a wide assortment of amazing musicians like Jack White and The Weeknd, Kendrick Lamar, and uh, does the country route a little on Daddy Lessons. That's that's something that's really something and if you actually read the modern vinyl instagram which surprise there's a modern vinyl instagram and see the comments on the beyonce picture i'm sorry i'm really sorry (laughs) that you had to see that but it's further solidifying why we should be talking about this album from um what's the word i'm looking for a nice reflective way I almost said reflective something, but anyway, (laughs) I should just stop talking. What's your album? Like, what's next on your list, Or um, Deanna? Wow. (laughs) I've been driving for a long portion of the day. I'm sorry, folks. All good. Before
0: we move on to one of my other ones, though, or couple of my other ones, I do want to mention that, you know, this is one of those exceptions to what I just said about, you know, most mainstream music not being super, super personal. And I could have easily put this album on my list, but I feel like it's one of those things I really need to spend a lot more time with and kind of just really dive into it because this was a fairly long album. So I probably only listened to it once, which is ironic because I'm about to give you two albums that I literally listened to today <laughs> that are on my list because I know I'm going to continue to listen to them over and over again. The first one is Brandi Clark, Big Day in a Small Town. You mentioned Beyonce went in a little country and well, Brandi Clark is very country. So, you know, might not be for everyone who listens to this, but she knows how to write just heartbreaking songs and she doesn't perform in you know like the big pop country kind of way she takes it back to some of country's roots much like in the way that Casey Musgraves does who she, Casey is an artist who has really kind of made some fans out of people who typically don't listen to country because you know A lot of times you'll hear people say, "Oh, I listen to everything but country music." I used to be one of those people, by the way. I used to be one of those people. I'm sorry, but you love Casey, so you made up. It's true. (laughs) But it's like you know, country can be very much a mix of pop and rock, basically, with just you know more down home country lyrics. So I feel like it's strange for people to like you know pop and rock music, but then just absolutely not give country a chance. So if you want to give country a chance, definitely check this album out. And another one I listened to today, I had listened to the singles prior to today, so I at least had a good idea that I would really enjoy it was Empty Houses, Daydream is the album. And this was just so unique compared to everything else I've listened to so far this year. The singer, she has a great voice, and it's basically full of catchy songs top to bottom. And it's been posted about a lot lately. It pops up in my Twitter feed quite often now. So, another one that is really, really good. And it's funny when it comes to bands, I don't really listen to too many female fronted bands you know, Paramore was always the big one that I listened to, but I never really got into too many others. So I feel like this is a good chance for me to kind of really enjoy another female-fronted band as opposed to just solo female artists. Which my next pick is actually by a solo female artist. Um, So it's interesting you should bring up
1: that sort of trajectory there. But next on my list is an album that technically comes out this week. Um, It is Puberty 2 by Mitski. And if you haven't listened already, I do believe it is still streaming up on NPR Music's first listen. So when I saw it was on that platform, I was actually very excited. Because A, I was looking forward to this album. And B, NPR is just a huge outlet to have an album debut on. Right. But yes, Puberty 2. I enjoyed it a lot. And I really connected with it. Um, I found myself relating to a lot of the lyrical themes, I guess you could say, on it. And I like that she kind of does experiment a little with different sounds in the album. It's definitely not something I can verbally describe. It's just the listening experience is wonderful. Um, Continuing on with deep introspective thoughts with Megan tonight... Mm -hmm. Um, I wish that there had been an artist like Mitsuki around when I was a teenager. Representation is important, and like me, she is half Japanese, and I believe half Caucasian. Um, I would have loved to see an artist like that when I was a teenager. I think that would have made growing up as a military kid who moved around a lot and couldn't really relate to a lot of things a little easier. Like, I know Mitsuki wasn't a military kid, like I was. Um, but she talks a lot about not fitting in, not under, like not really feeling like she belongs to one specific race or another. Um, just the, this is why I shouldn't podcast after driving because I just can't speak, <laughs> but the not, not being relatable, I guess in a way, or like not being able to relate to others and finding that, that um, kind of that balance I think, honestly, this is an important album for a lot of people today. A lot of people who are looking for representation in the music scene to see artists that are like, oh, well, she's a lot like who I am. This, maybe this will inspire me to go out and become a musician as well. Um, Teenage me probably would have been like that. 25 year old me is more like, this is good. I'm glad that this is out. I'm glad that people are enjoying this. And I am glad that we are talking about
0: this more. This is important. Yeah, that's definitely a release I'm going to have to go check out because I have not heard of her before. Really? I think you are the only person I've heard that name from. I don't know if you wrote something or mentioned her before, but definitely something I should probably check out considering what I just mentioned about female artists. (laughs) She's really great. Awesome. And I have a couple of bands that I recently saw live other than Into It Over It. One actually played with Into It Over It, and it was Pine Grove. They released Cardinal earlier this year. And the second one is Lost in Society, their album Modern Illusions. They are a great punk band, and they're from the Jersey area, so I'm actually surprised i didn't know about them when I was going to Drexel in Philadelphia because that is when I found out about a lot of Philly jersey bands. And they actually came out here and they played a local skate shop, which I've gone to for a couple of shows now. And even though there weren't, you know, a ton of people there and it's not a real venue, basically what the skate shop does is they push the merchandise out of the way and set the bands up right on the store's floor so you know it's nothing fancy but they showed up played like crazy and you know played some of their older stuff played obviously songs off of modern illusions and it was overall just a great little five dollar show and it's always cool to see bands play such great shows even for small crowds now Pine Grove obviously was able to play for a much larger crowd even though they were in the constellation room which is the smaller room in the observatory which I have either mentioned to Megan separately or I have already mentioned that on this podcast before but both are very plausible. They- <laughs> yes. They were one of the opening bands and you know they just put on a great show. The singer was in like short gym shorts and you know they just got up there and didn't care what anyone thought and I really enjoyed the album when it first came out so it was great to get to see them play some of the songs live that's good I zoned out there
1: so anyway (laughs) but you did you have mentioned this before to me and on the podcast I believe but as in me zoning out I just kind of zoned out to you talking towards the end for no reason (laughs) um but yes next on my list is an album that came out on Friday. I actually streamed it uh, in the wee hours of Friday night on Sat- or on Yes, on Spotify. I streamed on Spotify. There we go. <laughs> but Band of Horses released Why Are You Okay? And I think I mentioned in probably the first podcast I did for Misaligned, um, being an album that I was looking forward to coming out this year. Lo and behold, it came out on Friday. And I like it. I do believe that Dinosaur Jr.'s Jay Mascus, um worked with the guys on one of the songs. Actually, it was In a Drawer. That's the song he worked with them on. And I like that the album, it's a very good album to just kind of sit and read a book to. Which is honestly how I got half of Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs finished.
0: <laughs> um,
1: it's relaxing. It's a good casual album i mean they even have a song on there called casual party which has a really weird music video but i'm not gonna get into that um why are you okay is definitely definitely one of my favorites this year i've always liked what band of horses puts out but i think that this is one of their stronger releases in terms of just the lyrics the music itself the production value it just sounds like a well-put-together album, and I like that. It's, it's definitely, like, I've, I go through th- themes where I listen to exclusively pop punk or exclusively folk rock and just kind of cycle through those, and I feel like with this indie rock, I'm slowly starting to come back to that again, going back to what I really, really liked in, like, middle school, which, that's not a problem reading tours are a thing, but to see bands still (laughs) around, that's even better. I should just stop rambling now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely always cool to see, you know, bands that have stuck around so long, how they progress and everything. But I kind of cheated on these next two. I put in two EPs instead of, you know, full-on albums, but... If you think about it mathematically, two EPs together could make one LP. Exactly. So I'm going to lump these two together right now. Rocky Votolato's Sawdust and Shavings. I know I've talked about this before because our good friend James Cassar had the great luck of putting... I wouldn't call it luck. He, he, he was very fortunate to be able to put this out on vinyl, and I am very jealous of him and Corey for getting to work on this with Near Mint. But it's a great, nice, calming EP. Kind of goes well with Megan's... Band of horses. This is true. Actually,
1: you know what? I bought the EP as well and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we both have talked about it before, (laughs) honestly.
0: So we probably don't need to say much more about it, but then the Pooches EP, heart attack, my friend Emily did press for this, and that's how I heard about them. But there's a good chance I also recommended this on the podcast before. It was very, you know, beach boys, vocal melodies, and that sort of thing. And it was just a really fun EP to listen to. And it's pretty short. So, you know, neither of these will take up too much of your time. They might not even add up to the time of a regular LP. Who knows? (laughs) So those are two EPs that have definitely just kind of blown me away and really stood out this year. Because I don't know about you, Megan, but what I do is I've been going through and making a list of basically every new album I've listened to in twenty sixteen. And then I have a separate section of EPs I've listened to. And what I go through and do is I'll go bold the ones that I really enjoy. This way it somewhat makes my end of the year list a little more bearable instead of going through, you know, almost a hundred albums and maybe twenty to twenty five EPs. I should probably do something like that but I don't. I'm so unorganized. I mean, <laughs> I last also might year, be a little
1: crazy. So, I know this a few is people that do stuff debatable. like that. But last year I started putting both EPs and LPs in a Spotify playlist and I kind of whittled it down from there. This year I've just it's been a weird year for me where I've just been mentally all over the place and I have found it just better to write things down. Yeah. So, I mean, I've probably got 50,000 lists somewhere in a notebook. Um, but right. My next pick doesn't require me to be scatterbrained and all over the place because it is called To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere, and it is the latest album by Thrice. I was a little unsure of what to expect from it from the first few songs that were released, but as a whole, a collective whole, upon each listen, I find myself just falling more and more in love with this album. I have talked about it with my friends um we all thoroughly enjoy it greatly and we're just like we've we've all been blown out of the water with how good it is and one of my favorite tracks off of the album is actually the closing song and it's i have this thing where i really like songs at the end of albums i think if an album can end on a really really strong song it's wonderful it could suck, but that last song could be amazing and I could just love it. Um, that sounds really bad, I know, but it's, it's my weird logic. But right, Salt and Shadow is the last song on this album. And it each time I listen to it, it just brings me to a happy place. Like I want to be floating in some sort of body of water. It's that relaxing. And it's, it makes me think. I mean, this whole album, I I don't have Spotify Premium, so every time I listen to Spotify on my phone, everything is out of order, which I'm okay with. I do enjoy the shuffle feature. But listening to it out of order is definitely a different experience because the album as a whole, you kind of do need to listen to it from beginning to end because of that flow. If you break up that flow, it kind of, you're just like, well, this is weird, but it, it, to me, it just means that I can actually differentiate the songs and enjoy them as an independent entity as opposed to me just enjoying the album as a whole, if that makes any sort of logical sense whatsoever.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like when the singles were coming out for this, people felt a little iffy about it. I think the first
1: one released was Blood on the Sand, and that one definitely had a few question marks from people.
0: Yeah. And I think once they were able to listen to the full album, they were like, oh, okay, you know, this makes a lot more sense. This is kind of what we were expecting. But when you kind of pick out songs here and there for the singles, sometimes you don't get the full picture right away. So personally, this was actually one of the first Thrice albums I really sat down and listened to top to bottom it's probably because i kept telling you about it yes and i kept seeing it like all over my twitter feed i was like all right all right guys i will do this i will listen to this band and i will just start with the new album because it's in front of my face all the time now <laughs> well i think it also helped that dustin Kensrue released um a
1: solo a live album this year too which all right i don't have five albums i'm gonna throw this one in as well um Kind of counts. It's cheating a little, but Dustin Kenzer is the front man of Thrice, and his solo album is also very good, because he does covers, and I love covers. So to kind of compare and contrast that, his solo acoustic work is worlds different from his work with Thrice. Like, you can literally just listen to both of these and get a completely different experience from each album. One is more mellow, and one is more upbeat and out there and ready to just get you in the mood to be pumped for something with the exception of Salt and Shadow which is a good just
0: relaxing track anyway yeah yeah all right well the last two on my list if i am counting correctly <laughs> tiny moving parts release celebrate and this album just has a ton of jams on it you know very similar to what we said about the pup album it's just you know a fun listen and it keeps it personal at the same time. That's really all I feel like I need to say about it. If you're already familiar with Tiny Moving Parts, you'll enjoy it, and if you're into stuff similar like Pup, you know, Pine Grove, that sort of thing, chances are you'll like it too. But my last album is by far the most different one out of this list, I would say, even considering the fact that I have country in here. But Kendrick Lamar's Untitled, Unmastered, period. <laughs> oh, yes. Good old Kendrick. I admittedly need to listen to this album a lot more. I gave it, you know, a couple listens when it first came out and I haven't done too much revisiting of albums this year because I try to listen to so many new ones. So this list is kind of either what I've been playing on repeat or what I know I want to continue to listen to even after more new stuff comes out. I will admit, though, I still need to listen to Chance the Rapper's album. I've heard fantastic things about that. And I mean, it's hard to really say too much about Kendrick Lamar's album. It's a conversation I've been having on the Chorus FM forums and Back when I did the episode with Larry Morris, and we were kind of discussing the idea of white critics in hip hop music and that sort of thing. And I feel like this album is really just one that I want to listen to because it's something that tells you a lot about Kendrick Lamar, his situation, how things are or were in Compton. And it's something that definitely has a lot of meat to it that I can sit there, listen to it, and learn from it. So if anyone listening to this is in the same boat, I am. I still suggest checking this out because with Kendrick Lamar, there's always something important that he's saying with his music, even though there's a good chunk of it that probably can't necessarily be played on the PC radio out here and everything. I really don't know what else to say about this, but I need to listen to it more. I suggest everyone listens to it more. And Megan, why don't you wrap this up with your last album so I will stop going on about this? (laughs) Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to actually wrap this up with two things, because I do have an album that I'm kind of disappointed in this year. I figure if we're going to talk about the best of 2016 so far, we can at least mention something we are a little disappointed in, you know, (laughs) even it out a little. But I have on here the 1975's album with the ridiculously long title that might as well be a fallout Boy song. Yes. Uh, but it is actually, I just had it pulled up. Way to go, me. It is, I like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it. I think I like my title better.
0: I don't think I will ever remember that album title. It, it will just be that one 1975 album.
1: <laughs> yes, that one 1975 album with a, an album title that should be a Fall Out Boy song. Anyway. Um, this is admittedly an album that took me several listens to fully get into. It's, I wasn't really super fond of it at first when I heard it, which is weird. and I don't know why. Um, just sometimes these things happen. But as I got more and more into it, I said, oh, you know what? I like this. I don't know why it took me so long to really get into it. But now that I'm into it, I'm I'm digging it. This is good. It's a little more different from, picks that I normally listen to I think this year is also me branching out more into pop rock the actual pop realm itself but it just goes with those waves and themes that I just end up listening to and I think if you can take an album that you don't like or somehow just can't get into and not force yourself to listen to but just say hey maybe it's time to give this another try um that's the best way to really go about it because you never know like you could just have had an off listening experience or something and speaking of off listening experiences yes the album I'm disappointed in so far in 2016 is a Mike Posner album once again going into that pop thing and actually we have a theme today we're talking about albums that are so just personal This Mike Posner album, if you listen to it lyrically, it's basically, it could be like an autobiography of his life, um, post-life in the limelight. Because a few years ago, he was really, really popular um, with that one song that I can't think of the title for, but it was If I Could Write You a Song, Something, Something, We Could Fall in Love. You know what I'm talking about, right, Deanna? I do know what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, I know Mike Posner more with, uh, he had a John Mayer cover of I Don't Trust Myself With Loving You. And I think I digged that. I dug that song a lot more than that single. But the album. The song is cooler than me. That's just, it. Just that's so we it. have that cleared. Yes. Now, now it's all coming back to me. Um, <laughs> but yes, this album, it's called At Night Alone. I listened to it and I was just like, you know what? There are some good songs on here like i definitely prefer the original non-upbeat version of i took a pill in ibiza i know a few weeks ago that was one of my recommendations the song itself but when you strip down the songs to me it feels like they all sounded the same on this album i preferred the remixed versions of many of the songs because it gave me that spice i was looking for in the variety but it, after a while, it literally just kind of was just him talking about his family and maybe kind of disappointing people. And I don't know, it was weird. Maybe I should take my own advice and listen to it again and see if I get a different feel. But initially, I was, I was really disappointed. And I'm saying this as a Slate pop fan... Right. Especially to see it come from an artist who did take some time off and kind of hung low out of the spotlight. And I know you could definitely hear themes of that in I Took a Pill in Ibiza. And he says in that song specifically, all I know are sad songs. And maybe it's true. Maybe all he does know are sad songs because his album was chock full of them. Which maybe he should have just made it an EP. Those are just my thoughts.
0: (laughs) That's kind of like how I felt when Green Day did that trio of albums. And I'm like, you could have easily made this one album. And I mean, I know why they did do three, but I was like, quality-wise, this could have been one album.
1: It's not about quantity. It's about quality.
0: Yes. So I think, yeah, I think that about wraps up our discussion of albums. Yeah. Fun little fact, I met Mike Posner at Warped Tour one year. I mean... It was oh, kind of yeah. a line where you could meet him, so it wasn't anything exciting. It was he just like, "Hi, did take play a picture." Warped. I forgot about
1: that. <laughs> it's just you have those realizations that a lot of pop artists have played warped, like yeah. Katy Perry and Travis McCoy. Never forget the year, though, that Katy Perry played warped. That was that was weird.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Katy Perry played Warped Tour before. She blew up and became this, you know, huge pop star. So it's kind of crazy to see someone yeah. go from warp Tour to th- that on the level that she has. And but I honestly don't think many artists that have been on Warped have really been able to do that. Yeah, I not that I can recall, not in the pop realm anyway. Mm-mm. All right. Well, what do you have for us this week for your recommendations? Yes. Recommendations. So usually, you know,
1: I'll recommend something music-related or occasionally food-related, but I'm going to go back to our discussion about Pulse Nightclub in Orlando. If you can, please donate to Equality Florida's GoFundMe. This was all over the news today that in less than the 24 hours that it has been up, it raised $1.6 million. At last check, so before. Um, we started recording this podcast, it was about 2.5 million dollars. The goal is currently 3 million, so they have to keep raising it. So, to see a GoFundMe raise this much money in a short amount of time, that is just incredible. And actually, instead of me just saying how incredible it is, I should let this statement take effect. Um, the money raised from this GoFundMe will go to the victims and their families from the shooting. And Equality Florida is working with the National Center, working with, wow, we forget words, but they're working with the National Center for Victims of Crime to help support the community in the form of the National Compassion Fund. So to put this into perspective, for the Chattanooga shooting and the Aurora shooting, um, organizers of fundraisers teamed up with the National Center for Victims of Crime to put together a fund. So all of the money will definitely be going to the 49 victims' families and hopefully the 48, I think at last count it was 48, wounded as well. So just do some good. Donate
0: some money. Help help your community out in any way you can. Definitely. And, I mean, we did mention earlier, too, even if you aren't in the area, go donate blood. It can always help someone who needs it. This is true. There are always people in need for blood. Definitely. All right. Well, I have two quick recommendations. I've been slowly but surely catching up on The Record podcast, which is hosted by Nick Vombrack. Hopefully, I pronounced his last name correctly. I'm just kind of trying to pronounce it how it's spelled, so you never know sometimes, but... He's done some great interviews with band members, people in the music industry in general, and that sort of thing. And I am more than halfway through with getting caught up on the episodes. He's done, you know, roughly, I would say, 25 to 30 episodes because he does some 0.5 episodes here and there that are only, you know, 10 to 20 minutes long. But the interview episodes can tend to be longer. Some have gone, you know, like two hours or so, an hour and a half. So definitely, if you check this out, know that you will be spending quite a good chunk of time on it. Which, speaking of spending a good chunk of time on things, I've been re-watching, well, I've been watching for the first time Clone Wars, which is on Netflix for anyone who previously watched it and wants to re-watch it, or people like me who started watching Star Wars Rebels and then wanted to watch the Clone Wars to fill in some blanks. But There's roughly 120 episodes of the show, and I've almost made my way through half of it. I'm two episodes away from finishing season three, and I've kind of just gone all in on the Star Wars thing. I've started watching the show. I've been reading the books. I started reading the comics, and it's definitely getting a little crazy. But those are my two recommendations for the week. And As usual, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.